Hello, survivors, and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. Do not adjust your sets. This is Steve, and this is a very different special episode celebrating the conclusion of our audio drama series in collaboration with Nerd Masons, Resident Evil The Beginning. I'll be your impartial outside party, and today we'll be talking to both the crew and certain members of the cast about their experiences. Firstly, let's go around the room and let everyone explain who they are, their experiences working in media entertainment, and that kind of thing. I guess hey, since, guys. since uh, I'm the most obvious one to start with, since also am first aid spray, hi, I'm Sai. <laughs> most of you people will know who I am. Um, in terms of this project, I kind of was the editor, so anything in terms of the visual that you've seen was me putting the subtitles up and putting the videos together. Um, but other than that, um, as I just sort of said to these guys off mic, I kind of acted sort of like the executive producer. I was sort of handling it, being put on our channel, being distributed. But uh, all the Nerd Masons guys we've got here today, they put the real magic in. So uh, I'm going to step back and let them introduce themselves a bit. So uh, let's start with Mike. Hey folks, uh, my name is Mike. Uh, I wrote and directed Resident Evil The Beginning. Uh, this is something that I had adapted a number of years ago, and I did virtually all of the uh, piecing together of the dialogue and, uh, you know, requesting feedback from folks and, um, you know, getting line changes, things like that. Uh, traditionally, I'm a creative writer and designer, so I did some of the advertisements for this, uh, as well as all of the writing for it. All right. Uh, so my name's Camo. Uh, I was sound designer more fully than than anything else. Uh, John B, who will introduce himself, and I kind of overlapped in what we did. But for the most part, you know, if you heard a sound effect, it was me. And uh, I'm John B. Um, I'm uh, the composer and uh, I guess the audio engineer for the uh, the final mix of the of the show and uh yeah and my background is mostly in composition orchestral composition and some uh some film and scoring in theater and stuff like that nice awesome so i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna ask the big questions now <laughs> how did nerd masons form how did you all meet up and wind up working together so i'm gonna take that one uh so uh, I've known John B. since uh, we started doing theater way, way, way back when. Uh, Mike and I worked together for uh, a fruit company. And um, so I, I kind of knew them and introduced them to each other. Uh, it all started back when uh, Mike had an idea for a game. And we started working on that game together, which still hasn't been finished by the way. Uh, and then just, well, had this opportunity and we're like, okay, well, let's, let's work together for this. Um, but yeah, I've known them both. Uh, wow. Forever now it feels like. Yeah. I would say that this was kind of the, the moment that, uh, we've got a lot of projects that we're kind of thinking of what, what to kind of jump in with both feet. And then we were sitting around uh, actually filming for another project that we've got um, about the uh, kind of a game teaching thing. And then Mike was around the other side of the table and Mike was like, I got something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then here we are. Mike um, tends to be the instigator yeah. <laughs> in both positive and negative ways. Well, you you kind of need that role, right? Right. 
Okay, well, um, let's uh, let's ask them. How did Resident Evil: The Beginning begin? Uh, I wanted to make that joke. I'm sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. My, how did this come about? So, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, you know, th- this was a number of years ago. I was looking for um, some kind of audio drama in the Resident Evil universe, and there there were a few productions that were out there, and they were all in. Japanese and so I didn't really get to enjoy them the way that they were intended and so you know I was uh, surfing the internet looking for different stories different uh, things that might fit this realm and I stumbled across uh, you know Resident Evil the beginning and as I was reading it I was thinking man this would this would really be a cool thing to see as an audio drama so I spent a few weeks and I adapted it from you know the the story that had been translated and uh, it, it sat on the shelf for a little while, and Camo and I actually did a, uh, a dry run of it. Uh, this was probably four or five years ago. And we actually had somebody else read for the role of Chris back then, and uh, I didn't know that that actually happened until recently. But, uh, you know, Camo and I did a dry run where he and I took over every voice role and it was <laughs> terrible actually <laughs> yes yes can we was. please can we please get that right here <laughs> you know I, I save everything i have when when we did the um the one with our friend Corey as as chris redfield i still have all those lines so he was ready to step in literally if you if you can if you can clear it with everyone you need to hit me up with some of that definitely <laughs> yeah well i, I mean, need to for, sneak for, some of that in, into this in fact <laughs> well for the really bad one that's just me and mike uh i mean we're right here to clear it <laughs> if you really yeah, yeah. really want to hear it, yeah, it that's the one bad. i love that i mean i i think that's kind of cool though because uh if it's four or five years i think the difference probably i mean i haven't heard the original but i'm going to guess it shows between the the finished project and that well i mean it, it's common in the industry to like do a scratch track and then a, as right. you go replace it with with the real stuff so um, we even had that for this project. Uh, there were some lines that Mike recorded that ended up getting replaced. Except for one. one that survived. Yes, there's, there's <laughs> one that survived, and it's my favorite line in the whole thing. Yeah. It's Mike screaming in intense agony when he's been <laughs> in, killed, in by, killed by a, a zombie dog. That is one of my favorite lines in the yeah. whole thing. That, that's, that's our illustrious director, Mike, screaming as he's getting mauled by, you know, a demon dog. That's fantastic. I, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed recording that and scaring the absolute crap out of the kids. Just sitting in my chair, screaming as loud as I can. Well, that's and, fantastic. you know, nobody else could... Uh, there was no way we could replace it. Nobody could have done a better job <laughs> of, of, of dying. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. In terms of the the project that's out now, um, I just got a message. I can't remember if there was any real like context to it, but I scrolled backwards through uh, my Discord conversation history with Mike, and it, the first, basically, the first thing is just boom. Here's the script. This is what I want to do. Here's a clip from the dry run and me going 100% yes, let's do it. Um, Weirdly, at the time, I was having a conversation with someone else about doing a 
sort of like an audio dub project of some kind. Um, we were talking about it, and then and then this occurred. Um, so maybe we'll go back to the other one eventually, or who knows what will happen. But um, I, it's something that I've always kind of wanted to do uh, as part of First Aid Spray and in general. Um, one of my sort of earliest creative um, outlets, in fact, was um, scripting and recording just sort of like, yeah, like little audio gags. They were just like little comedic skits with friends. Um, so it's it's always been in there and I've always been kind of fascinated with um, radio plays and stuff like that. I've got hazy but fond memories of like listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide BBC um, radio play and, and stuff like that. Stuff that brings all these um, great voices, sound effects, music together. Um, because whilst I like audiobooks, I feel like the actual, uh, the audio play dynamic of having all the stuff going on is just, uh, yeah, it's it, it's really something special and something uh, that doesn't happen too much. I don't feel like it's uh, a big thing right now on the internet where it could be. And it's, it definitely didn't seem to be something that people had done in the Resident Evil community before. So it... it yeah, it seemed like a great avenue to go down that. Um, so that was November last year when we started talking about it. So it's about six months ago now. Um, but, and then obviously it goes in, obviously as you guys know, it goes in stages. We didn't really start production, um, at least on my end, like the last stage of production, putting everything together until like April. Uh, but there you go. Well, I'm kind yeah, of excited. You must have liked hear. the uh, demo reel because you you gave it the green light. So right, exactly. <laughs> it was like it was literally it was like that first scene with the the smoker and the lackey before the first title call in episode one. It was just that. That was enough to make me go, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> you must have been desperate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I, I like prefer to think of it as seeing potential. <laughs> I can see the growth. <laughs> What a vision. <laughs> so our next question then. Uh, it's a very simple one. What was the casting process like? Uh, yeah, Mike, do you want to start with sorry, That was uh, kind of what stalled us out uh, you know, yeah. years ago is yeah. we didn't really get beyond the casting. And, and that was the thing that I really needed from Cy. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, I'll let you kind of take over what you did for the uh, casting and then we can go through that process. Yeah, I mean, that is the benefit of this. And like I said, um, feeling more like the sort of like network executive, really, because uh, these guys handled pretty much all of the creative side of it. All I did was um, snap some subtitles on a sepia tone image. <laughs> it's pretty much it. But um, yeah, because we had a bit of an outreach already. I mean, we haven't been around uh, we're sub two years still at this point, but we all have already got a bit of an audience. So we already had the ability to... Uh, you know, shout from a rooftop and be like, hey, who wants to be the voice of Jill Valentine? Um, so the casting process was pretty simple. We, 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 I don't remember us ever really stumbling at any point. There wasn't any point where there was a character where we were really struggling for anyone. Um, there was a couple of instances where we had some hard choices to make, I think, um, for some of the lead roles, but some of them just... I think it comes across that it was very clear who we were going to go with. Like, there were certain roles... Uh, where you were like, well, it's that person, it's that person. And, and that's not to say that the a lot of the casting that we had, a lot of the auditions we had weren't strong, um, but there was some stuff that was just like, it was meant to be. Um, and something at First Day Spray that we have always, it's been a part of us since day one, is trying to reach out into that community 
Um, we've got the file readings on our podcast where people read files from the games, um, you know, with any level of acting history to them and experience. We just wanted to engage community members to do something and make something. Um, and this felt like a, just like a blown wide open version of that. So it was really cool to get lots of people from the community uh, to various degrees in in the cast. Yeah, it was uh, really the file readings that, uh, you know, led me to, you know, push this project for you. Because I think, you know, the file readings, people do a phenomenal job with that. Mm. And so I thought that they'd be able to to do this without any issue. And it, it was really awesome to, you know, listen to the different auditions that people had. And when I heard certain people reading, it like immediately brought a smile out to my face and as soon as that happened i knew that was the person for them. right yeah for sure i remember us having a few struggles with some uh choosing a chris voice actor i think at the end of the day we made the right choice but there was a few moments of like well there's, there's a couple of good ones here and i think it's the same with jill but then there was there was characters like rourke as wesker where it was like well that's done like that one i think i got goosebumps when i heard his audition um vacant flat as irons again was another one where it was like yep that's 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 it so, yeah, it was fun. It was definitely a fun part. Um, and it went surprisingly smoothly, I feel like. Okay, our next question. What are the steps that a project like this takes to come together? What, what order are things laid out when making an episode? So the the first part was obviously, you know, putting out the script and getting the, uh, you know, the test dialogue out there. And once we had our cast down, uh, you know, everybody took time. They did their recordings. Uh, this would have been in December, January. Um, and then I think the last lines came in um, right around March or so. Mm -hmm. And so I collected all of that that dialogue, all that audio, and sifted through all of it. And we're talking thousands of lines of, uh, you know, <laughs> of dialogue. Uh, and then I started it by piecing, you know, it together to make sure it flowed correctly, to make sure that uh, there weren't any missing lines, uh, and essentially just picking out the best takes that folks had sent me. Uh, once I had all those lines, I sent it over to Camo, and he did, well, his magic. Right. So I would take it, you know, in some cases, stuff might have had to be shifted around a little bit to make room for some of the foley or what have you. Um, I have a very extensive sound effects library, but apparently it's not extensive enough. So, <laughs> for example, in that opening uh not the opening scene, but in the first episode, the second scene where uh, Chris gets the call from Billy, um, you know, I didn't have any bed sound effects. So what you hear is me moving around in my bed, <laughs> moving my sheets around. And I just had a, because I have, a, a, I don't know how many microphones. So I just had them hovering above the bed, recording them, you know. And then once I get all that in place, I sent it over to John B. Camo, you didn't have yeah. any zombie dogs? <laughs> no, I, the, I, that was probably the most fun. I, I love creating new effects from other effects. So that is one thing I had to do. Like, you know, the growls aren't just necessarily a dog growl, but, you know, either adding more bass to it, adding a little bit of bear in there and stuff like that, just to to give it some, some oomph. Mm. So fun stuff always. Ben Burt, if you're familiar with him, is my hero. He's he's the guy who did all the sound effects for the original uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. Oh wow! 
created like the sounds of the TIE fighters and the blasters mm. and the lightsabers and whatnot. Iconic. Oh, genius. Oh, absolutely. Well, speaking of genius. Yeah, speaking of genius. Then it went down speaking to of genius, then it, then it comes I, over I support to me. That. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, so um, then then it would it would I would get the the files that they were working on and kind of pull it into logic to to score it. But what would happen first is, of course, I'd kind of do a basic audio mix of the dialogue and the sound effects, and that's the point where we would kind of know, um, oh, you know, we this sound isn't working. We need a we need another one. Um, or what would sometimes be the case is that. You know, there's just a there's just a a dialogue line that doesn't match, um, and so we'd have to go back and and I'd go back to to Mike and say, hey, can you reach out to to everybody? I got to say, Sonny, I, I Sonny was so patient. The amount of times that you know, because he's got so many lines mm. throughout the whole <laughs> the whole thing. I mean, I I uh, the amazing amount of times that we had to say, hey, could you give us another one of this? And and he always delivered. Um, so I, I'm really grateful for for that and how responsive the actors were. But then the music would come. The, and uh, towards the end, uh, Sonny was uh, dreading every time I reached out to him. <laughs> <laughs> it came really down to the wire with that, didn't it, as well? Like, up yeah. until like like the 11th hour. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, then, then once the music was done, we'd do the final final mix and I'd send it back to the guys and say, you know, can you all listen and give the feedback? And then we do that a couple times. And um, once we thought we had it, uh, we kind of print it and send it to Sai. Nice. Yeah. And then for me, it was, uh, yeah, uh, I'd already figured out sort of what sort of imagery I was going to go with for each episode based on the script, mostly. Uh, put it down. Uh, I usually go through and do the dialogue um, subtitles and then go and do sound effects after that because they're sometimes a little bit more complicated because stuff overlaps. Um, and that well, was pretty simple. Um, and you know, um, change up the credits at the end of each episode to to highlight who was in it. So that was always fun finding the right footage for that kind of thing. Um, up until episode seven, which was obviously a little bit of a different edit, um, which was uh, refreshing to do something like that, um, and and a, and a cool way to close it off as well. So, but but for the most part, mine was mine was pretty simple, except for the fact that for whatever reason, every time I exported half of my subtitles, like half disappeared, and I had to go back and do it again. But <laughs> that's that is just technical nonsense. Um, but yeah, it was it was simple for me, but also something completely different. I haven't really just sort of subtitled before, so there was a different experience. I I certainly don't envy the task that you had for episode six. That was uh, gargantuan. <laughs> yeah, that that was one with uh, a lot of back and forth um, and and moving stuff around repeatedly, trying to see what looks best because you don't want to go crazy with it and have stuff changing constantly. Uh, yeah, it was fun though. It was, it was a new experience for me. All right. So this question is directed at Camo. Most people overlook sound design, but it played an integral part in building the beginning's atmosphere. Could you run us through the process? What it's like for you? Sure. Well, I mean, so again, Mike would send me, here's the dialogue all put together. And then I just have to go through the script and, okay, what's this supposed to be like? What's happening in this scene? In some cases, parts of it are obvious. Okay. Like there's a, you know, one of the dogs growling or, or gunshots or what have you. Other times it's not so obvious, you know, um, creating an atmosphere is really important, especially for something that's 
just audio mm. like like this you know there's no visuals to tell you where you are so sound is that much more important and so whether it was creating a sound or mixing a bunch of stuff because we needed some atmosphere you know the waves breaking on the beach uh, a little bit of wind some rain whatever whatever was happening at the time making it sound like you were there um something that that john b and i worked on uh, a lot too was i i don't know if anybody has like worn headphones while they've they've listened to this but but making sure that stuff was placed in a physical space you know really taking advantage of of a stereo effect so things moving around for example it just makes it feel that much more immersive and all the binaural stuff in the games, yeah? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you need to know, hey, it's coming from the right or it's coming from the left. Mm. I will yeah. say, if, if anyone has gone through the whole show and not listened to it with headphones, if you're going to go back through on a second run, definitely uh, get you get your, your nicest pair of cans because, uh, yeah, it changes the experience, definitely. That's also, the only way to get an S-rank. Right. It's funny. What after I got the very last um, episode, episode seven, I took them all and strung them together in an audiobook application, just so it made it easy for me to listen to just the entire thing back to back. Nice. And it was it was just yeah, it's just wonderful to listen to. You know, iTunes does that, right? <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't convert it to audiobook format, I can tell you that. No, but you can listen back to back. See, this is what I this is what I have to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's the parent. John B is our you know, he has to step in and you know (sighs) put the hammer down and sigh at us. (laughs) (laughs) Children, children. I feel like we've already said this, but what particular challenges are there inherent in sound design? Consistency. I was about to say yeah. the big thing is making sure everything matches. Consistency mm. is probably one of the biggest things. And we ran into it. Um, you know, I, I kept notes on, okay, w- what was I using for Chris's footsteps, for example, <laughs> to make sure it didn't sound like, wait, it didn't sound, you know, his footsteps sounded different before, you know, did he change his shoes? Um, you know, things we, like that. What did we have? Like we had, I think Chris drives about eight different cars in the first <laughs> quarter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm but, but that's the thing. He does change cars while his car is getting repaired. We we you know used yeah. a different car for that. I mean, these are the you know details that that. I mean, we're we're pretty anal when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, there was all, I mean, also the consistency of just even one episode to the other. Like, are the mm-hmm. are the levels crazy? Mm-hmm. And then and then we would have a lot of issues um, with well, well, microphone consistency because of course everybody's recording these in their own homes. So we've got everybody's using different mics, everybody's different distance right, from yeah, the mic, oh. different rooms, all of that stuff. So having to figure out some way to to equalize all of, all of those so that they sound something like they're in the same space. And then you go back and say, ask, you know, Sonny or Dervla to do another take of something. And then maybe they're 
three inches closer this time mm-hmm. than they were two months ago, you know, when they recorded the first line. So um, that stuff is, is tricky and maddening, but it really takes you out of the moment if, if, it, if it happens. Yeah, good sound design it means that, they, that it's not noticed. If people are noticing what you did, you did a bad job. Mm-hmm. Okay, so John, since yeah. early Resident Evil has had like a very particular kind of atmosphere, did you ever feel pressure when it came to tackling the score for the beginning, or did you feel comfortable making your own mark? Uh, I, I did not feel any pressure when I was sitting across the table from Mike, uh, from the gaming table, but then as soon as we started, <laughs> I did. Um, but I, I left I, details out, right? Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> once, and especially, I think, once it became clear uh, the, the community that we were, we were working with, um, the deep investment and love and passion that your listeners have for, for this for this universe, um, that that started started to feel like a responsibility. <laughs> but thankfully, I had I had Mike. I mean, I had no I had no Resident Evil background at all. Um, so I, you know, Mike would be the kind of go to, and he'd send me some stuff, and um, and I quickly realized there's a there's a really rich, deep orchestral texture behind a lot of these games. That you know, there's this kind of, and then that classic '90s synth sound that kind of underpins a lot of the orchestra stuff and they're kind of blended together. And that was kind of a good starting place. Um, the, the big aha for me though, was, was, uh, was, uh, episode seven. Um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I, I, uh, I was mostly concerned with what was happening in the, in the scene, what's in the script and how do I, how do I kind of support the subtext of what's going on? And, uh, you know, when there's a zombie dog attacking, that's, it's pretty clear. But when you have episode two and it's just Chris walking around jangling keys and sighing for like nine minutes, (laughs) 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 it's really, it's really difficult to kind of build tension without, without music. Um, and, And I would also kind of play around with themes and stuff. And I just told them these guys didn't know until yesterday, but like, I would use Chris Redfield's name for his theme. So it's, you know, the da 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 which you hear a lot. And that um, that actually is just out of the letters of his name, kind of build that melody. And that Jill <laughs> Valentine's theme is actually My Funny Valentine. It's actually that song, but it's just transferring some octaves. So instead of that, My Funny Valentine, it's like that, yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. But you can hear it. It's totally, it's, it's complete and utter um, theft. <laughs> homage yes. well, she was a cat burglar so we're all good <laughs> that was that was deep in my my background i knew that <laughs> all right so the show has its own unique musical style yeah uh, could you liken it to like classic cop drama scores or was it a person or is it more a purposeful choice to like influence the score what influenced the score i i think Probably the idea of that, that the, I think there is a kind of a 90s aesthetic there um, to, that is purposeful. Uh, slightly, you know, I'd say 50% purposeful, 50% just the nature of what you're working with mm. and what comes out. But, um, you know, I think about the main theme, which is the the first thing that I wrote, and it, it it's definitely got some, you know, there's some X-Files, there's some Walking Dead kind of influence there. Um, 
clearly, I think, which was a starting place for me, uh, building a, the music texture. Um, but then as it, as it kind of went on, it, it started to kind of have its own universe of sound that, that, that it was starting to self-refer and build in its own kind of recognizable timbres and, and textures. Um, but there are some things that are definitely referential. Uh, Chief Irons, I don't know how or why, but for some reason, Chief Irons got this like 70s funk, you know, porn background <laughs> thing that became like his music, but it just worked. And now when I listen to it, it just reminds me of the soundtracks for the the, the 70s anime, the, the Star Blazers. Um, and it just, I, it makes me so happy. <laughs> um, so there were fun moments like that, that were more, you know, more kind of purposeful or, or for humor. Mm. Um, the most derivative is, is seven. Um, yeah, seven was a was an aha moment because I didn't know anything about the game, um, and I said, "I know this. This leads up to the first game, Mike. Can you kind of show me?" And then, he, and then he played me the opening, you know, cutscene, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, wow! That wow! I get it. Like that. That's what we're doing." And so, immediately changed everything. I, you know, kind of changed the whole sound design to kind of try to match that, mm -hmm. and then. Um, he played me the the first uh, the mansion first first floor of the mansion the first thing that you play and i heard this music this boom boom and just out of complete uh, serendipity it's in the same key that i've been writing almost everything else in <laughs> nice <laughs> and yeah, so there was a very nice. there was a very purposeful thing that that in 7 it was all going to drive and the last thing that we would hear is the first thing that you would hear as a player um, in the game to really kind of help hopefully transition people to want to want to finish episode seven and then and then go and get the original game and just dive right in from the from the start again. Yeah, I um, I had sort of an aha moment listening to it, to be honest, because I've been getting the episodes um, sprinkled now and then being like, this one's done, you know, time to time to edit the visual. Obviously, that one was the final one um, to hear it all come together. And, and end like that, yeah, it was something special. And I, and I hope people that saw it felt that sort of climax of everything driving towards that point, like you say, where the game begins. Um, I, I, as I was listening to it, I wasn't quite aware exactly what was going on. And you've even, you even put in the sort of like typing sound effect of Raccoon Forest. And yeah, it, it took me a moment to understand what that was. I was like, why is there like a clicking in the score for this one? And then I looked at the cutscene and was like, oh, you just wholesale put that in there. And it works so well because obviously that's the point. I already knew what I, what I wanted to do with episode seven before I started, before I got the audio. But with that, I was like, well, that's the point where I want to transition now into a more visual version. Uh, so it worked sublimely. Well, Cam Camo wrote back after we, we did the soundtrack, right? Camo, you wrote back and you were like, the typing doesn't work. Get rid of it. <laughs> I said, no, because it was just like in the, mid <laughs> in the middle of a field. Where the hell is the typewriter? <laughs> But if visually you're going to put like if, if the titles are going to be like typing on, then it makes sense, mm -hmm. like it does in in the intro scene. Yeah, and and we we had that discussion that at especially episode seven more than any other episode, I think you know this one is for the fans, you yeah, know, for the for the for the OG fans, so to speak, you know the 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 people who have been playing this game from the beginning, and 
and it, it the decision is just made like that that's who that's for you know it it might take somebody else out of the moment slightly who doesn't understand where it comes from but hopefully they'll then dive into the resident evil universe and they'll 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 then have that moment with the game where they hear that typing come up for raccoon city and they'll they'll have a nostalgia then for the mm -hmm. the show that took them there and they'll kind of connect those moments and um that 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 would be a true uh, a truly wonderful thing. Definitely. Great, very much. And and if you really want to dive into, you know, uh, John B's creative process, we do have on our YouTube channel how he came up with the elevator music. Oh yeah, the elevator music. Uh, yeah, that's a fun video. I love watching that video. <laughs> See the monster especially work. your little dancing oh. as as the music is playing. But you know, not the only thing, the best is yet to come, though, because we have a dance remix <laughs> called "But Where the Hell Is Billy," <laughs> and we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna release it um, after after this uh, after episode seven is aired, and and this is and we'll we'll make it available, and all of you who have listened to the show will have a kick of going back and and listening to these actors kind of remixed in this kind of uh, uh, house version. <laughs> for your what? next party, for your next gaming session. Amazing. <laughs> I, one of my goals was this, to try and push people towards Nerd Mason's YouTube channel. And if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what is. Like, go and subscribe so you can hear that majesty. <laughs> right. What's everyone's favorite scenes? Uh, for me, it's uh, it's definitely the end of the beginning right as it leads up to Resident Evil 1. Uh, I made very, very few tweaks to the original script. And uh, one of the things I did, um, if you've read the story, it ends as soon as they get off the helicopter. And I wanted to extend the scene right until they get into the mansion. And uh, the, the way that they portrayed it, um, you know, uh, Rourke and uh, Dervla and uh, Sonny, the way that they portrayed the characters was absolutely perfect. That was, um, yeah, I had some special favorite scenes, like even just subtitling and stuff. And obviously that one, I didn't just get to subtitle it. I got to trap Sonny saying, no, don't go to Chris in the game, shouting, no, don't go. So that was a cool moment. Um, but in terms of favorite scenes and episodes, um, I really like four and five. Four stands out. Um, uh, Mike said this in the video that will will be going out, but it has now gone out on Twitter. Um, thanking crew and cast um dimitri did an amazing job of bringing this sort of this character who's never mentioned before and never mentioned afterwards to life with reginald johnson um and that's a that's a really cool episode as well because joe white appears in in it as a little cameo as well so i really like episode four um and and five with the struggle and the ensuing back and forth between chris and jill that that feels special so those are my favorites yeah uh, as as far as working on it uh, I think episode six was my favorite. Just all those zombies and, <laughs> you know, placing them. So I, I listened to it. And I'm like, I, I actually feel surrounded by zombies. Um, it just, you know, everything about that episode was, it was probably the most work for me. I, I think for me, uh, the, there was something about, um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite episode to listen to, but there was something about four that 
was a, a turning point for me where I think I, you know, we, we had gotten our process down by four and I, I felt like the sound of the show had, had gotten to a point where I, I felt like it, it sounded the way I wanted it to. And from that point on, and also all the, all the themes had been in place and that point, from that point on, you know, it was really just, we had our kind of universe to work in mm. and, um, yeah, the hardest one was definitely I, I five was really tough and six were really challenging for sure, but uh, really worth it too. Well, we have one remaining question: What's next for Nerd Masons? Uh, for me, because I do the creative writing, uh, I have a number of scripts that are out there, um, you know, ready to go. Um, you know, whether it's in the Resident Evil universe or not is, uh, you know, yet to be determined. Uh, we'll listen to the feedback and you know see where see where it goes from here. Excellent. Well, uh, you guys always have a place with us if you ever do need a platform. But as I said, we are we're hoping that we can send some folks your way. Again, if you haven't subscribed to Nerd Mason, the, the link is in the podcast uh, description, as is their socials, so make sure you follow them. If you enjoyed Resident Evil The Beginning, it's largely part to all their hard work. Um, we are really proud of, uh, or, or I should say, I am really proud of what, what came together with it and, and being able to put it on our channel and give it a kind of like seal of approval. Um, so I can't imagine how proud you guys are of it because it's something really special. Um, and we wouldn't be doing this sit down podcast chat if, if it wasn't special and if it didn't have, um, such a great reaction from fans, which was, which was fantastic. So thank you to everyone for supporting it as well. well say, thank, yeah. thank you. Thank you guys yeah, for, for, for being on board. Absolutely, man. And if, and, and if you ever want to go again, come on. I mean, there is more audiobooks. We can translate them to English. I don't know. Let's do, let's do something. <laughs> 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 um so o only only if vacant flat comes back <laughs> i need i need to th believe he he speaks like that in real life i just need that i'd need that to sleep at night i mean this and is John, you have something for uh for the scoring right yeah we will be releasing the soundtrack um oh, that's great uh, this 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 week um in fact it may even be ready after this episode airs so um and you'll be able to you can go to our website or our, our pages we'll have the links and we'll also share the the link to it um we plan on making it a free download um so that you know everybody who's who's enjoyed the show can take it on the road that's awesome i mean i didn't even have to ask and you made it happen fantastic <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to keep it to ourselves it's too good <laughs> That's correct. Well, uh, it, it's been, it definitely been a moment bringing all these people together, um, crew and cast-wise as well. I mean, there's so many voices there where um, I want to hear them play those roles again. And uh, yeah, I want to hear Vacant Flat talk again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it, it's so cool because this is such a weirdly timed thing that we've done this. And our uh, next episode of our major podcast like the numbered episodes of our podcast which is either out now or, or coming out depending on when this drops is about the first uh novelization of resident evil which does sort of play off sort of the billy um story as well as well in its own way but just reading that and, and i had all of the voice actors that we picked in my head reading those lines it was so weird it's just a surreal timing thing but uh, so that, that, that it's definitely left an impact on me um but that about wraps up the crew half um stay tuned uh, we're going to be coming back with some chat with sunny derbler and uh, robbie who played uh, 
Billy and Barry just after this break. Thanks, guys. Sai here, back in the hosting chair once more, and welcome to the second half of this very special podcast. I'm here with a few members of the main cast of Resident Evil The Beginning, and we're going to be talking about their experiences with the show and the Biohazard series at large, and acting, and just general stuff. Firstly, we have the man who played not only Billy Rabbitson, but killed it with his Barry Erde impression. It's Robbie Aaron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have our very own Jill Valentine, Derv Leclou. Hello, hello. And Mr. Redfield himself, star of the show, Sonny Bauer. Hello, everybody. It's, uh, we were just talking off mic. It's so cool to have this moment where we can all uh, talk together as a group, despite working on this project for so long. It's now come to the Absolutely. end of it. And now we're all talking to each other. The wonders <laughs> of the internet. Um, so oh. firstly, I just kind of wanted to go around and let you guys introduce yourselves, who you are, you know, your background and your experience in, in entertainment and that kind of thing. So uh, we might as well go around in the order that I've introduced. So, so Robbie, why don't you kick it off, uh, let the people know who you are. Absolutely. First of all, thank you very much, Sai, for allowing me to be into your project. It's been a hell of a pleasure. Honor mine. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. I'm an actor out here, voice actor. Um, I work at the New York Film Academy, and um, basically the arts has been something that I've been very fond of since I was a kid. I do music as well. Um, you name it. Anything that has to do with a creative, you know, sort of um, uh, passion, I'm, I'm just there. I'm all for it, man. And Resident Evil in particular was something that I've loved since I was six years old, in fact. Um, yes. Uh, I remember when the game came out, um, my cousin, I remember it distinctly. My cousin was playing it in our house. He was like 15 at the time. And this was, you know, the mid 90s. So this is at the height of horror films. So we're talking like, you know, Stephen King. And this was the inception of survival horror. And I just remember being so just amazed at the concept. I mean, there was this awesome, you know, cop, Jill Valentine, in this mansion with zombies. I'm like, who thought of this? Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and I was just so, I was hooked immediately. And, you know, I just have a very visceral connection to the Resident Evil franchise since childhood, literally. So um, it, it very much is a big part of who I am. And it's just amazing how it's carried into my adult life. And I mean, I'm even doing projects now with you know, Resident Evil, obviously with the beginning, this has been amazing. And a lot of my friends are even um, in, in the community itself. So it's just, it's crazy how your passion can become your lifestyle after mm -hmm. a while. That's essentially me in a nutshell, guys. Nice. <laughs> uh, Dev, you're up next. Okay. Well, my name is Derv, or D, however you would like to address me. I find that most Americans find it easier just to call me D. So I am from Ardra in County Donegal in the northwest of Ireland. Um, I've been voice acting since August of 2017. Um, just did it completely on a whim. I was like, hey, why don't I be a voice actor? Because <laughs> 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 so, I've, I've always uh, adored like doing voices and stuff like that. We just in my family, we just can't help it. You know, if you're telling 
a pretty you know boring you know mundane story but like oh so and so said and then you do so and so's voice you know <laughs> it just kind of comes out so um and as for Rezzy, my god um again i think i've heard so many stories about how people got into Rezzy, and it always involves a cousin my cousin brought over <laughs> the game you know and it was the same for me my me and my cousin uh, and my brother were just obsessed with it. And I remember trying it and being the very first one, being absolutely terrified. I was 10 years old and dying at the very first zombie. You know, <laughs> you, you leave the dining room. And I was like, I couldn't even find the menu button. And me and my friend were just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's just like dying over and over again. But I'm so glad that I was persistent because even as I sit here, I have a little 3D printed Nemi. Um, he's like my little mascot when I come into my recording booth. Um, it's yeah, I mean, Resident Evil, especially the early ones, have just they are, as Robbie was saying, like it's such a huge part of your life. You know, the crappy voice acting in the first one, I quote all the time, oh my god. Like, just whips out a, a fish finger, you know, oh my god. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's just been a, a very wonderful um, project to be a part of and a lovely journey to meet um, all you lovely people as well. And Aww. thanks to all the fans for all the lovely compliments and tuning in and thanks so so much for having me it's an honor to play jill i think many people can sort of uh relate to your early resident evil experiences so i wouldn't worry mm -hmm. I, I imagine most people were listening were like yeah <laughs> i remember when i couldn't get past yeah. the first couple of stories <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I remember that Looking mm -hmm. back at it, it was so cringy. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Jeremy, come on. Like, and now you, s I speed run the right. remake. Like, you know, exactly. come such a long way. That, that's growth. And, and Sonny, <laughs> um, introduce yourself a little bit. I, I imagine um, our listeners are aware of you, but but go for it. They're, well, they're aware of me. You're very, should, you're, should I should I, uh, should I address my real name or should I just stick with that? I'll, I'll, I'll leave it in your hands. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stick with the name they know me by in the community, I guess. So so I'm Sonny Bauer. I was born and raised, and still am in uh, New Jersey, uh, in the United States. Um, and from from ever since I was uh, a little kid, uh, I just was very interested in um, in acting and movies and just. I don't know every, everything surrounding the entertainment industry. Anything that was creative, anything that could like uh, get like sort of like a response out of you, like make you feel something, mm -hmm. take you on a journey. It, it's it's always been a, a, a big part of who I am. So so acting kind of uh, I, I always remember getting into the getting into what the uh, the characters on screen, especially film on screen, uh, would do, and I, I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to live those experiences. So I, I eventually um, got into acting late into high school, uh, carried, carried on with it into college and did, did like community theater and stuff like that, but then ended up kind of going on a hiatus because life sort of took over. It's just one of those things that happens. Um, but uh, more and more recently uh, within the last couple of years, um, 
it's really funny because I, I joined the Resident Evil community in 2017. And the more I got connected uh, with the with the fan base and everything, I actually stumbled upon your podcast, Sai, and mm-hmm. you kind of like sort of gave me an outlet, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, with the file readings and stuff, to be able to get back into acting. Because uh, I had taken such a, a long break for years from it, and and I, I'm just going day to day with like you know the the day job so to speak and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But but with these file ratings, you know, it it not only brought me back into into acting, but it it got me excited to be able to be part of a universe that's been a part of uh you know my life since I was a very young kid as well. I love Resident Evil. I love the characters. Um, you know, good and bad acting uh, involved with, with everything. <laughs> yeah. But to be able to actually do those voices, you know, um, get a get a crack at those voices, very very, you know, ama- amazing experience. So yeah, to to keep to make a short story long, that's uh, that's kind of like <laughs> you know, sort of what I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's awesome, and I I talked about it a little bit on the first half of the show um, with the crew. That first day today was always sort of about trying to engage with the community. So that that that's really great to hear that uh, giving people an outlet, which is what we were setting out to do with that, um, has kind of snowballed a little bit. Uh, so that's 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 excellent. Um, so a couple of you guys are actually pretty prominent names in the RE community. Um, you've both sort of touched on it a little bit. Um, I mean, Sonny, you've ticked off most of the podcasts that exists out there now at this point in some form or another. Um, <laughs> you're, I, but I, you're part of a, a team of a major one. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm now um, a team member of the Crimson Head Elder podcast, uh, which, which, strangely enough, when I said that I joined um, the community back in 2017, it's because I discovered that they were doing all of these episodes and they were finding all of the voice actors, you know, uh, throughout the series. I think, I think maybe their first podcast that I might have listened to was the Joe White, uh, Ed Smarin, and Peter Jessup one. Mm. Um, and and I, I just remembered, like, you know, just being like magnetized, like, you know, to hearing this thing. Like, I, it, it was just like so interesting hearing the experiences, and and it, I don't know, it like sparked like you know this this excitement in me. So so. It, it's it's very interesting because I got in contact um, with them by joining the forum, and I made a couple posts, and you know we were engaging with each other, and they were talking about trying to find uh, Heidi Anderson Swan, the the only missing like you know Alpha Team member so to speak from from the podcast that they had with like Peter and Ed and and Joe, and strangely enough, I was like, well, I have an IMDb Pro account uh, still active. So uh, why don't I check and see if there's any contact information uh, with that? And turns out it was like the only thing that that you could get with Heidi's information. She had her email uh, there. So so we were able to get Heidi onto the Cruising at Elder podcast. And from then on out, they were kind of like, do you want to take a more active role? Like, you know, in, in, uh, in being a part of this, because there's an energy about you. you. You have a background in acting. You get you gel, you know, you get on well, like, you know, talking to other people on the podcast. Maybe we could have you like, you know, on more as like a regular. And I thought about it and I was kind of iffy at first. Um, and then and, and I and I see we'll get into this later. We kind of started uh, moving Crimson Head Elder into like the streaming phase. 
And that's sort of when things really kind of kicked off with me being a more permanent member on the Crimson Head Elder podcast. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Fantastic. Well, and you're not the only one. Um, Robbie, you're also part of one of these many different pockets that the Resident Evil community has as well, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes. Um, so it's funny how all that happened. It's kind of a, it was kind of just by accident that my name sort of started to rise in the ranks, as it were, in the whole community. I mean, as I mentioned in the beginning, I just love the franchise. And out of just pure, you know, um, pure enjoyment of the game, I decided to, you know, start a Twitter account. And I met all these other people, including Sonny here. We just all became friends and... Mm. You know, before you know it, oh, yeah. you know we're, we're just sharing ideas, and then I, I discovered, as he mentioned, the uh, Crimson Head uh, Crimson Head Elder podcast, which I was listening to quite often as well, because um, George Trevor's got some amazing guests on there, and um, you know I was just like, wow, and I just started to add basically everybody in that orbit, and before you know it, you know um, you're just connected to all these people, and it's funny. So um, he uh, he mentioned um, Joe White. Believe it or not, Joe White's actually like we're we're essentially coworkers. So I work at um, the New York Film Academy in Burbank, and he works at Warner Brothers. And you know, one day we kind of put two and two together. And I'm like, oh, you know, holy crap, dude, you're Joe White. <laughs> 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 and, 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 yeah, and then like he's like, yeah, you, you know, Robbie, oh my, oh my God, and um, he knows long my story name. Short, yeah, long story short, <laughs> it, yeah, so long story short, I got him on my podcast because I have. My own podcast as well which is not re related but you know something that i do on the side mm. and you know we got to talking and, and he's such a great guy we had lunch and now we're good friends so um it's just amazing how as i mentioned earlier your passion connects you to you know other people and and you know before you know it, you have these whole communities going on so i started um team biohazard which is my own personal sort of community for resident evil where we just sort of just share ideas i give them you know, fans news and, you know, podcasts. I, I, I truly believe in supporting those who support you. I think it's really good to kind of build each other up. And if you have a similar passion, then, you know, it's good to build networks that way. So um, it's just it's just crazy how much um, Resident Evil, how far Resident Evil has taken me. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Nick Apostolitis and, and um, you know, Stephanie Penicello and Jolene Anderson. They're all really good friends of mine now. And it's like, you know, we, we, it's just crazy how one day you're playing the game and now you guys are all suddenly friends. You know what I mean? It's just like how, you know, it's just, yeah. 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 So um, basically that's how it happens, I, you know what I mean? Just out of pure passion for the game. Mm -hmm. And as, as Sonny mentioned, you know, the arts, I, I, I really love the arts. I love to act. I love to do music. I just love to perform. And, um, you know, you throw Resident Evil in the mix and before you know it, you're meeting the voice actors in the game and, and becoming one yourself. So it's just truly amazing how far your passion can take you. And uh, it's got me this far, so I'm going <laughs> to keep going. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I can, I again, with that one, I can totally relate to that because that's sort of how it came about on my end as well. I just um, part of the community in, in a small pocket um, yeah. supporting the, the board game, the Resident Evil 2 board game originally was how I sort of... Uh, got back into the series and, and, and the fan base. And then from there, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading now and getting back into the fan base and learning the lore again. And then Resi Facts right. happened. And then suddenly I was connecting to all these podcasts and other people. And it, yeah, it just snowballs from there. Like the Resident Evil community is insanely yeah. friendly. Um, 
which is which is great because uh, we've all got the same contacts. You know, despite the fact that today is the first time we've had a voice call, we've all got these people in common, um, which right. is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We've all been insanely like you know friendly with one another prior to this. Absolutely. As it is. Yeah, I mean, we're getting on like a house on fire. So far, so, far, so good anyway, lad. It's one of those good fires. I had nothing to do with that, I swear. <laughs> well, let's talk about okay. the project. Um, so how did you all first become aware of uh, the project and uh, what was the casting process like for you? Uh, let's start with Robbie. Absolutely. So uh, I'll put it into context for you. So when this came down the pipe i was working at this horrible job and i was just like oh i got home one day and i just opened up twitter and i was just scrolling through just randomly right just aimlessly and then i came across first aid spray we were already friends at this point but mm -hmm. I, I was just following you guys for basic news and updates because you guys have got some great stuff by the way so i got to give you some accolades side for what you do um <laughs> thank you so absolutely and then I saw the project and I'm thinking, oh, they're having open casting for a Resident Evil project. I saw the list of the names. I'm thinking, dude, this is, you know, this is great. Like finally something like this comes down the line. So I jumped on it immediately. And initially I had um, auditioned for basically every role. I mean, obviously not the female roles, <laughs> but um, every male role. And um, for some reason uh, I felt like I was a good fit for Billy because as it is, I'm usually kind of on edge, you know, just with this crazy world we're living in and all the <laughs> yeah. anxiety going on. So, you know, and, and he's a very, he's a very anxious guy with everything that's going on. You know, he's like, oh my God, they're chasing me. And I'm like, hey, I can relate. <laughs> I got, my, I got my, yeah. So I'm going to become a scientist, damn it. <laughs> just throw away my acting career. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, and then obviously um, with Barry. So, Barry, long story short, is perhaps my most favorite character in the Resident Evil franchise. He was the first character that stood out to me mm. in the games in particular. As a kid, I was just like, oh, this guy's awesome, man. He's got this huge gun. He's got a beard. He's so cool. You know, he's just <laughs> such a he's such a badass, you know? And um, I've, in high school, Sai, I used to quote Barry lines all the time with my friends who had no <laughs> idea what Resident Evil even was. And they would just laugh their, their heads off like, what is this impression you're doing? And I'm just, you know, we'd be at lunch and I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's hole. There it is. There's the voice. It's dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. You know what I mean? They're like, that's so cheesy. We want to know more about this. And just... We need to know more about this dangerous hall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it was just so cheesy. I have to say, I, I remember this vividly. I remember um, your... So enthusiasm came through immediately um, because we yeah. put up some sort of like the the most prominent roles and we thought we'll get those and then we'll put up an audition for the next sort of batch, sort of secondary mm. characters. And, and before we even did that, you were asking, so when can I audition for Barry? We'd either already cast you as Billy and told you or we already knew right. that that was the choice that we were going to make. Um, so I think... Right. Obviously, to a certain extent, it was like, well, you know, maybe let's not double cast people. Um, but sure. you just 
you destroyed it. Um, when the trailer came out with, <laughs> yeah. the, with the Barry line in it, um, a Finnish murderer stalking our citizens. I can't do it. But so many people, so many people, including our own staff at First Aid Spirit, were like, how did you get the original Barry Burton voice actor? Like, it's oh that spot on. That's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my God. Sorry. Yeah, thank kudos. You so yeah, thank kudos, you. I mean, it's just years of honing it. I mean, mm. I've literally been listening to, you know, to, to those cutscenes for years. I mean, and as have, you know, uh, Drivla and, and Sunny. So it's like, it just kind of becomes embedded into you after right, a while. And it almost, it almost becomes used, you know, sometimes. And like, for example, I'll be talking to my my mates over at Team Biohazard sometimes. I'll send them like a voice message and, and then he'll just start cracking up. He's like, dude, you totally sound like Barry right now. And I was like, really? I wasn't even trying to sound like Barry. I can't turn it off. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, so like, I just, first of all, thank you for casting me as Barry because that was just awesome. I mean, you really like helped me, you know, relive like, like basically six-year-old me was like Aww. so happy inside, man. That's so great. thank you very much for that opportunity. And yeah, man, that's basically how it all came about. And I look forward to future projects with you, Sai, honestly. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to. Um, I mean, we're probably going to talk about it, but just I would jump at the chance to work with any of this cast again, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. Um, oh, thank yeah, it was you so much. It was such a joy. Um, oh, yeah. Hit me Likewise. right in the field. <laughs> oh, damn it. This is, this this is the podcast, right? This is the podcast where we can all get hip and love and fest and just... So, Dee, how did you come across the project and, and what was that like for you? Um, I think, if memory serves me correctly, I think it was pretty similar to Robbie. I was just scrolling on Twitter and um, I, uh, obviously, I follow your podcast and I was like, holy moly, they're having a <laughs> open call for um casting call exactly and yeah yeah so i clicked on it anyway and i'm a long time member of casting call club so that was mm. dead easy like i was already signed in and stuff like that and i knew the process and i scrolled down looking for jill <laughs> just kind of you know have my fingers crossed and there she was and i listened to a few auditions by the other girls who went in and i was just like Do you know what i'm gonna go for it um if i don't get it that's fine but I was hoping and praying and talking to my mom up in heaven and everything was like, I really want this. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so next thing you know, I was uh, I was chosen. So thank you so, so very much for that. It was like Jill is my fictional hero. She really, really is. Um, and she has been throughout, you know, well, my childhood and my teenagehood and my adulthood, you know. Um, so it was an absolute honor and thank you so so much again um absolutely oh, it was, very good. i love that yeah. i i'm so glad that you know um it's a character that's been with you so long and you get to step oh, in those yeah. shoes uh that's that's yeah. that's so cool um thank you. so sunny what about you on your end because i know obviously uh you and i have worked together several times before as you say so you were aware of it uh pretty early on what was the casting process yeah. like for you yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was interesting. I, I mean, I, it would have been in my crosshairs regardless cause I, I've been following the podcast, yeah. but, uh, but we had worked previously, um, you know, on, on two file readings. I, I had first done the keeper's diary for you. And then, uh, and then you asked, here's, what's funny about it. I'll, I'll get into it. You had asked me personally, cause I was doing 
strangely enough, I was doing wacky, um, interesting Barry Burton impressions, and I, and, and I had sort of, I had sort of oh. become personally known for like doing them around the Discord as like a goofy thing. And you asked me to do email to Chris from Barry from Revelation Revelation right. Two, yeah, for the second file. So I ended up doing that for you, and uh, and then yeah, um, I I don't know, if you might have come to me and said uh, you you should go for this, or I might have seen it on Twitter, mm -hmm. but. But yeah, either way, I, I caught I caught on to it. I was aware of what the beginning was. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, that or that origin story that that you know, um, uh, you know, before the mansion incident with you know uh, Chris's friend, you know, that mm -hmm. ended up getting adopted into the uh, the S.D. Perry novel, Broad mm -hmm. Conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is this is stars Chris Redfield. This is the whole stars team. I ha I have to go for this, and I was and I was nervous. I was nervous for Chris. I you know I because I was like my voice is deeper than his. I can't do like the sh the the amazing like you know shouting that like you know Joe White could do or Roger Craig Smith can do because they have like that higher pitch where it's like really exciting and like you know you could get that sense of like you know like urgency and like we got to get out of here you know and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> and, and that that's a struggle for me to do. And I'm like, well, I could okay. Let me see if I let me see if I could try and ride on like you know auditioning like you know with his with his talking voice. Let me see if I could do that, and, and then we'll try and go from there. <laughs> one thing, at um, time. <laughs> you know, one thing at a time. And uh, and I and I worked on that a lot. And and you know, I had always uh, done impersonations of Joe. You know, I even told him this uh, when when I talked to him. Uh, I, I always did impersonations of him when I played the game. <laughs> it's always like, oh, Rebecca, she upstairs. You know, like and and it's just. Brad. <laughs> I was always, I, I was always excited, and Chris is my favorite character, and and I just wanted to go for it, and and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna be determined, just like Chris. This is gonna be like maybe the one chance I get to do it, and if I get it, I get it, and if I don't, you know, uh, all all the power to the to the one who lands it, and uh, and I auditioned, and and I and I ended up talking to to Joe about it afterwards as well, um, and he's like, and he's like, you did. I got to check this out right now. And, and, and he did. And he listened and he listened to it and, uh, you know, and it's on the site that. there. And I, and I, you know, and th this is nothing to anybody else who's auditioned. You know, every, I think everybody else gave a cracking audition, but he kind of like, he kind of gave me his personal endorsement and for a childhood, you know, like hero of mine to do that, that was, yeah. that was pretty special. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to, just, uh, it's, it's just been yeah. an amazing experience. So, yeah. so thank thank you, Sai. Oh and, no, you know, absolutely. You you everybody. We had yeah. to find someone that um, could carry the whole thing, and uh, we definitely felt confident that that was the right choice. It was a really tough one with Chris being the lead character as well. There were so many auditions, mm -hmm. so many of them were good, but it, it came down <laughs> to the fact that we knew you'd be able to uh, do the whole thing justice from start to finish. And yeah. Having an endorsement from the actual Chris Redfield didn't help. <laughs> you had a slight uh, advantage over the other participants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, kind of, I, I, I kind of, I kind of did, you know. I and, and I want, and I told him, I said, I said, Joe, like, please, you know, I, I know that we talk and stuff behind the scenes, but like, ju judge it, judge it evenly. Tell me if I suck, you know, like, please, like, you know. <laughs> but no, he, you know, he, he really, uh, he was actually. He was strangely impressed because he's like, "Why do you sound so much like me?" 
this is, this is weird. Never you know? in mind. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the inspiration, you know, for the voice that I used. I, I always, uh, I always favored um, his incarnation. Uh, I always thought it was the most human. I, I like, I like these characters to be human. I, I don't like them to be superheroes. Um, you may have heard him say that on the Crimson Night Elder podcast before. Mm-hmm. But but I echo that statement. So so right. I wanted to take a sort of a vulnerable human approach to it, while mm-hmm. still being brave and and you know determined. So, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been great. Oh, it's it's uh, it's been great for everyone who's heard it. Even like as someone working on the inside, getting the episodes dropped to me, and I'm like, yes, here we go. It must be it must be such a surreal experience for you because I mean, yeah, you're headlining this thing, but you still don't know what to expect. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, we talked you know, about that get... in, in the crew half. You know, those guys did all the heavy lifting, and then I was dropped the audio file just to nerd out over, to be honest, and then slapped some subtitles <laughs> on. <laughs> so I was I was fan number one for, for all of it. You know, I got to hear all of yeah. it before everyone and, and, and be the number one fan. because lucky <laughs> dog. <laughs> so Incredible. obviously... Um, these characters are hugely beloved. I mean, you guys have said it yourselves, in fact. Did you guys feel any pressure playing Chris, Jill, and Barry in particular? Obviously, Billy doesn't really have a role outside of this, but so Barry in this case. Um, did you feel any pressure playing that character? And I'm going to double barrel this one. Since playing the character, have you grown a greater affinity for them at all? It sounds like you all pretty much loved your characters anyway, so... Um... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Dev, <laughs> yeah, uh, Dev, Dev, did you have any pressure playing Jill? And, and did you... Do you love her even more since? Oh, did I? What? Oh my god. <laughs> like, I love Heidi's Jill. Like, that... And for so many people, I'm sure, would agree. Like, she is the absolute epitome of Jill Valen, mm. voice-wise. Like, so, I I thought to myself, yeah, I could try sounding exactly like her, but, however, I didn't want to screw it up, <laughs> you know? So... There was that element of pressure that, well, I mean, there's an element of pressure you put on yourself anyway as an actor. Um, But I decided to just sort of put my own spin on it, just talk a little softer maybe. And But sometimes, you know, you have to give it that extra edge because she's a badass at the <laughs> same time, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So a little bit of pressure, but I managed to get through it anyway. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. I like I like so, what you said. I like what you said about that because um, when I when I got to speak to her on the podcast, yeah. I, I she's my favorite Jill as well. So, oh God, so yeah, she's amazing. Like yeah, and and I remember discussing it with her, and I and I told her I said what I like about your Jill is that is that she seems to be the most the most grounded there's there's a there's this nice absolutely. blend absolutely yeah 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 like there, there's this nice blend of um mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm tough i could get through mm-hmm. this but but there's definitely a human side to it as well there's a vulnerable well, totally. side yeah and, yeah absolutely yeah. especially like you know seeing like she had to witness her party members or close friends and partners just well die you know so yeah. As you said, there is that vulnerability and that human side to it as well, you know, with genuine sorrow. Yeah, but absolutely. she knew that she she had to carry on to get to survive and get things done. Absolutely, and I and I, and I think you you brought brought that uh, into this one as well. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> um, it's, it's by <laughs> chance. I, I suppose that Jill has sort of like some some prior trauma coming into this with the experiences mm-hmm. that she's had with the two girls in her neighbourhood. Um, yes, uh, right. Like yeah, and so that gave you that opportunity to sort of flex that part of Jill's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, that, I love that scene with the two of them. By the way, Chris and Jill when she talks about Becky and Priscilla, because mm-hmm. it's moments it's moments like that that we don't get to just kind of stop and just take a second and like mm-hmm. have things slow yeah. down in the games. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know. The behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, right. it's always good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that whole episode is really special, obviously, because we just spend it with the stars, just talking about what's going on before it really blows mm-hmm. up. So you don't really get that kind of uh, that perspective. Um, I we, was enchanted by that. Yeah. It's, I a, really it's was. a great episode. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robbie, did you feel any pressure playing Barry? I, I know you said you sort of uh, honed the craft over the years. But, um, <laughs> you know, this one with, with a microphone in front of you, did that change? Absolutely. And I think that's sort of um, inherent in the creative process in any mm-hmm. endeavor you do. So you're always going to feel a degree of pressure. And in particular, this one did give me some pressure. But I mean, I always wanted to make sure that the passion led it before anything. You know what I mean? And to portray your hero is just it's indescribable. And I'm sure, you know, uh, Derv and, and, and Sonny can attest to this. You know, it's, it's really, it's surreal. <laughs> I was blown away. Yeah. You're blown away. Yeah. And um, it's just, um, it's just such an honor to be able to bring it to life. There was pressure, but I'd say there was a lot more joy in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There was so much more uh, fulfillment for me. And um, one thing in particular for my Barry I mean, I wish it would, he would have had more lines personally, but that, <laughs> yeah. that's okay yeah. because I was I was just so like, oh, there's so many like scenarios that I wish I could have just brought to life and put my sort of flair over it. You know what I mean? And um, my buddies at Team Biohazard, particularly my friend Dwayne, my right hand man, he's always like, you know, Robbie, what I love about your Barry is that it's almost like an updated modern version of Barry Yade, right? Because um, I, I love Barry Yade's impression. He's he's perhaps my most beloved Barry of of them all. Mm-hmm. And I just, because he's almost like the uncle that you mm-hmm. never had, that she always wanted. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He's just such a, like a father figure. And yeah, he's kind yeah. of the guy that keeps everybody like calm. Like, you know, I have this. You know, don't worry. <laughs> That's one of my favorite <laughs> lines, guys. Yeah. I have this. Like, I okay. have it's this. Like, calm, calm down, calm down. <laughs> we all have stuff to protect ourselves, you know. Right. right. And I guess that's <laughs> exactly. And I guess that's what I love about Barry is that he's just <laughs> he's uh, he's a family man, which I am. Yeah. And and and, and he's very warm, which mm-hmm. I also am. And he's just mm-hmm. very courageous and i just feel like since he's one of the more senior leads on the team he has to kind of carry the backbone and make sure that the youngsters you know um uh, have somebody to to fall back on in case you know stuff hits the fan so it was a uh, yeah i mean sure there was pressure but honestly more than anything Sai, it was just such an honor to do it so i had a lot of fun with barry and if we can continue that man i'd be more than happy to, to help you out absolutely i um yeah, the struggle with things like this is that they do they do end they do have finite lines. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, only 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 so many words are going to come out of that character's mouth. So anytime sure. we ever work with a script from now on, I think with these characters in, I am going to have that que- that first question is going to be: Do I cast someone new or do I <laughs> go back to mm-hmm. my beginning cast? You know, um, it's, it's I'll right. send you a gift basket. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. 
You like beer, right? I'm oh, just gonna yeah, say you like, like Dutch gold or something. <laughs> I'll take you out for a drink, say. <laughs> Next there time I'm go. stateside, we'll do something. Definitely. And uh, Sonny, cool. you had the unenviable task of playing the Chris Redfield. So, and you kind of already mentioned it. So, what was the pressure like for you? <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you a story of my experience. Um, I was speaking to uh, to Evil Deadite. The the uh, I guess he was. Uh, sort of the go the go between like the director right yeah he, he's he's the director and and also technically the writer he's adapted that into script format so but yeah we, we call him director yeah director okay yeah so i was talking to him and there was one day uh where we were in contact and it was the beginning of the day and i said okay so i should have this chapter done by tonight and i'll get it to you uh you know later later tonight I recorded uh, one of the chapters. I don't even remember which one it was, and the pressure and the pressure was so was so immense just for like you know that one recording that I had that I basically got back to him and said, "Yeah, I'm going to scratch the entire thing and redo it, and I'll send it to you the next day." Um, <laughs> it was take it a was, breather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it got it got to. I know that that like basically I was the point of view character in this and I had like all these lines and these asides and you know I'm basically telling it through my perspective mm. and and but with that like you just you want to you want to tell the story you know you really want to be engaging and, and exciting and interesting always be interesting and um and yeah and 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 the pressure I mean it was it was exciting but I I can't I cannot say that the pressure didn't get to me a couple times. Um, it's such an important character to me. He is my hero. He has been since I've have been like eight, nine years old. Um, you know, so, so to, to be able to step into those shoes. Yeah. It was, it was quite, it was quite something for me. <laughs> he, oh, he, he definitely mentioned that um, he, <laughs> he really felt like he was playing um, a certain kind of director where he was repeatedly messaging you asking for more retakes of this, more retakes of that, just to make it perfect. Because obviously, Chris being the most prominent role, um, there yeah. was a lot of back and forth there that wasn't. That was going on kind of without my knowing, except I kind of knew because um, episodes were coming out slower as we went along, um, getting mm -hmm. sent over yeah. to me because stuff just had to get nailed down perfect. So sure. he, did, he he expressed his uh, dismay that he was basically like riding the DMs, being like, can we get this back? Can we get this again? <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was telling it to me as well. And I was like, listen, what, whatever, you know, whatever to get it as perfect as you guys want to, I'm, I'm all in, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, whatever you need. Uh, I, I wear, ha I'm aware of like, you know, how much this is sort of going to be focused on. And I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to look bad either. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Go, oh man, that's sure. the worst Chris Redfield I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's exactly what I would want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a perfectionist. Like, you need yeah. that though. You need that to be a creative. So uh, mm -hmm. That's right. That's Again, right. That's right. And I guess that comes back to what I was saying about casting. I mean, we we knew that. Well, I knew that firsthand was going to be the case, so it, it seemed like the right decision. Um, we're going to head towards wrapping this up now, but we've mentioned his name several times, so it would be remiss if we didn't talk about Joe, uh, the the voice actor for Chris Redfield in Resident Evil 2002, who 
when we made this project, we had no idea this was going to happen, but you messaged me one day and uh, and said maybe, maybe we should get Joe White in on this in some fashion, Sonny, um, yeah. which was incredible. Mm -hmm. I was scrolling back through messages the other day to sort of date out mm. when this project happened, and there's a message from me to Mike, the director, being like, just I think it just says, we got Joe White. And you know <laughs> he was like, oh, my God. In capitals. <laughs> yeah. And so... I Sorry, if I may, if I may intercede, it's of course hilarious about this is that mm. day, the day that I found out about that, him and I were having lunch together. Right. So yeah, was, oh my was, god, that's I was with, yeah, I was with Joe and I was talking about the project, and he goes, "Yeah, I just submitted my lines for to, to Oh sign. my god, that's so <laughs> good. <crazy. That's so laughs> that is I so. Him and I'm like. I'm like you're in the project too. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be like, oh, this is gonna be epic. Sorry, to be a fly on that wall. I'm like, what did you have for lunch? What did Joe have? You know, tell me everything. <laughs> but the, the, best part, yeah. the, best part, yes, the best part. Yeah. The best part. The best part of this, Robbie. I, I think I said to you um, afterwards was the fact that we knew that Joe was on and we hadn't announced it yet. And then I saw that photo of you hanging out with him. I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, 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 yeah, true. You kept right. that on the quiet side. You played it very nicely. <laughs> I have I to say, to. I had to. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So, it all comes out. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sunny, how exactly did that come about on your end? Because you're the one that kind of made, made that happen. I wasn't aware that obviously Joe and Robbie had, had met or, or were to meet. Um, so, Sunny, you were our connection there. How did that come about on your end? Yeah, well, I I cannot I cannot take full credit credit for that. I mean, yeah, I, I had been talking to Joe and I got to know him, but I have to give um, I have to give credit to George Trevor and and uh, you know and his uh, his ballsiness to just uh, contact Joe White <laughs> for, for the for the Crimson Head Elder podcast. You know, yeah. I don't know. You know, he still says to this day he doesn't remember how uh, you know he got Joe's contact information. Which I mean, which I mean, you know that that correlates. He you know he forgets his lighter every now and then exploring the mansion. So, <laughs> but, uh, like, but, but yeah, I have to go back. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for um, you know uh, b being a part of the Crimson and Elder podcast, if it wasn't for for I, I got to say my determination to kind of. I mean, it was this was my first live stream. We did the Joe and Heidi um, mm. Crimson and Elder live streams where where we played remake and we essentially interviewed them, you know, the entire time and had like you know uh, the live that chat. That was in. amazing, by the way. Yeah, what a Congrats yeah. on that. Oh, so, that well, great. Th th thank you. And I I went back and watched them, and I think Robbie, you were in the chat. Sai, you were in the chat. Yeah, you man. know, a lot yeah. of community members were very excited oh, yeah. uh, for those experiences. That is awesome. Um, yeah, and and uh, and I just got to know Joe, you know, uh, over over I would say that six hour period, because uh, we did three parts that were two hours each, and you know we got mm -hmm. to talk and we talked before uh, the stream, after the stream, and we really just kind of like got on, and he kind of took me under his wing, you know. He's responsible nice. for that's for, lovely. For, that's awesome, dude. I I just I I can't believe it. It's still surreal. It must be it's surreal for you, Sonny. Honestly, to for your hero to be your your mentor essentially that must yeah. feel amazing it is it is i mean he's responsible for the for the equipment that i picked up to do you know i wanted the beginning to sound you know re really well as well as i can right. make it so mm -hmm. so he uh, gave me pointers to get like an audio interface the microphone that i have you know um preamp you know he's he's um, walking me through the whole thing you know so I basically, when it came down to it, uh, to, to the beginning in, in general, I was like, well, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll contact Cy 
I really want to audition for Chris, mm-hmm. but we might be able to get Chris to be Chris. That was actually the original. <laughs> oh my mm-hmm. god! I was I was gonna add. You know, I asked Joe if he wanted to reprise the role. You know, yeah. initially, um, mm-hmm. it turned it turns out that that uh, he had been, he, he had been busy, but he encouraged me to do it. He actually pushed me to to that's audition. So cool. uh, that's yeah. awesome, I'm just, dude. I'm just and, um, picturing you braiding each other's hair, <laughs> just like hey. frolicking through a meadow together, like best of friends. We haven't met yet, but uh, but but I'm sure that when we meet, we could probably get video evidence of that. It's a uh, virtual he, frolicking. He, 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 Joe is a Joe is a he is a he's a devout connoisseur of fine uh, alcoholic beverages. So Sonny, if you want to get him a good gift, think about a good whiskey. There you go. Nice. There you go. I'll keep that in mind. But but yeah, I I, cont- I contacted Sai about it. I said we could probably we might be just to go back a little bit. I, I kind of jumped ahead. Uh, we could probably get Chris to be Chris. And Sai was like, "What? <laughs> really? Okay." And I'm sure you were containing your excitement like over you know the Discord message uh, more than you were actually uh, excited. But I know, man. Like, to do something like that, I mean, yeah, that would have that would have been incredible. But that cameo was just wow. Mm. He, he was well. He was still enthusiastic about the project, so so he still wanted to be a part of the project, which is just that's just Joe. Like you know, you know, it's amazing. He's, that's he's right. enthu- he was enthusiastic about the stream. He was enthusiastic about you know being just a guest on the podcast, and then he was the one who was enthusiastic about make uh, taking a more um, uh, prominent role with the Crimson Head Elder podcast, and now he's our new host. So he's, wow. a, he's just a great guy. He's he's incredible. He really is. He's a fine yeah. human being. He's a very fine human being. I, I love Joe. He's like such a down to earth person. Like there's really no celebrity with this guy. You know, I mean, when you meet him, it's like you're just you're talking to one of your friends, basically. And I mean, right. I can attest to that. So I love Joe and I love all the work that he's continuing to do in the Ari community. Like that's seriously very commendable. So big shout out to Joe White. We love you, Joe. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> grab a beer to Joe. <laughs> Some whiskey. Nice sweet bit of oatmeal from Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely, though. I mean, the the stories that you told on here, it's it, it, the show wouldn't be quite the same without him in terms of you know um, pushing right. Sunny to to be our Chris and yeah it was such a, that was a strange message to receive of course you know we might be able to get Chris to play Chris and I had a bit of a crisis of faith because the idea was hey let's get the cast uh, to be made up of community members I mean Joe right. White is a community member really but I was like is that cheating so in a way uh, it's I mean, a technicality it's right, a bit of a gray area exactly it's a gray area so I did think maybe and, maybe we could do it but I think it, it probably worked out for the best because um, his little cameo in episode four, where he's the, the sort of guard at the umbrella, was just such mm-hmm. a, a a great little nod, um, and, it, and it makes me smile every yeah. time I hear it. Right. Oh, he, yeah. he loves he loves to do character voices. Yeah, he's, 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 he's such a goofball. So to, yeah. <laughs> to do a little side character like that, I'm sure he was just like over the over the moon and just excited to just be like, I could do a funny voice today. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, He's very underrated as a comedian. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he's a comedian out here in Los Angeles, and oh, he's wow. always—he's a regular out here in Pasadena. Um, oh, I—I've been meaning to go catch his shows. Always bad timing, but he's a great comedian. You guys got to check him out. Definitely next next video. time I'm down the coast a little bit. Fantastic. Sweet. Well, to to round this out, let's go in a slightly different direction. Um, I just wanted to ask if there's any other Resident Evil characters that you'd like to try your hand at playing at some point. 
Um, any favourite characters of yours that you'd love to step into the <coughs> shoes of and, and explore that person's psyche? Um, I'm not necessarily dropping any hints here. I know it sounds like I am. I'm just genuinely, <laughs> genuinely curious. <laughs> <laughs> about, I mean, you guys are all very talented, artistic people, so I'd love to hear um, which Thank other you. characters you'd like to sort of, uh, sort of step into those shoes and, ad and adapt yourself for. So, uh, uh, Derv, is there any other standout Resident Evil characters that you you'd love to give a go? I actually have this written down in front of me because I, I was so afraid <laughs> I was going to forget it, but it has to be, I feel like we're having a secret meeting. <laughs> oh, oh, no! <laughs> oh, no. That was good. I would, I would love to make, like, recreate the original <laughs> Resi with all of us doing really bad voice acting. Oh, that, that. that would just be hilarious. So yeah, I'm definitely up for uh, auditioning for Rebecca. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, you've definitely planted an idea in my head now. I can say that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robbie, what about you? What other big Resident Evil characters oh, would you love to try out? My how could you ask me this, man? This my my mind goes crazy with that kind of question because there's <laughs> so many. Just yeah, yeah, you just. But if I had to narrow it down, I mean, I guess I'll give you I'll give you an example of of the people that I would love to to maybe get into their psyche. But it would be like, um, let's see here. Um, I know. Want to ask me out? All the foxy ladies love my accent. <laughs> it drives them crazy. It drives them crazy. <laughs> you you dream. Yeah, keep you dreaming. Carlos, for sure, Carlos. I would love to get into Carlos's head. And also, believe it or not, I would love to take my dab at original Leon. I'm, I'm, I'm a mm. traditionalist, and I, I love I love the traditional voice acting of the 90s, mid to late 90s, even the early 2000s. Like, yeah, I would have to say original Leon would be something I would definitely love. Because Paul Haddad, rest his soul, was mm, actually right. yeah. a great friend of mine. And, and we had some very in-depth in conversations. And, and in fact, this is something that I want to put on for the record, Sai, is he is actually one of the first people that told me to go into voice acting. That's amazing. Oh, wow. He said, Robbie, you have a voice that you, you should really be doing this. You should go into this. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know, man. He's like, no, no. You should do this. I, I can hear it as we're speaking on the phone right now. You need yeah. to do this. So, oh, I'd like to yeah. honor him in something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's man. that's that's wonderful. I mean, you, I, we joked about it, but you just hit me in the feels with that one. That's oh that's, my that's, god, me that's, too. <laughs> that's special. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Sunny. Obviously, Chris Redfield. There's there's not many other places to go higher than there, but I know you've you've tinkered around with some other voices. Which one stands out for you? Well, okay, I, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to try and plug plug anything here, but I've done like five voices already or something. Right. I I did nice. I did uh, I did Barry for you mm -hmm. already. I hear your Barry, man. I got to hear your Barry. Yes. <laughs> I don't know well, Barry. It's, uh... now, if you want to just like listen to the file. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can, I can plug the episode if you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Hey, hey. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's the um, profile Barry Burton episode, uh, coincidentally. It is, yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, to do more of Barry w would be would be something interesting. Uh, the, there's 
his role in the first game. Um, I, sometimes I attribute it as, as his like sort of story because he's got so much conflict going going on in there. You know, with Wesker blackmailing him, you know what? His family, and then and then you know he's got a he's trying to like not betray his friends, but he knows that if he does mm. the wrong thing. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's going to be a problem there. So yeah, that's that's one I would that's one I would definitely like to tinker with. Uh, you know, a little more. Um, but I but I've also I've done Krauser once. I've done Hunk once, oh, and these were cool. both these were both for Resident Evil database for for Monique. Yeah. She actually asked me to do these these files, wow. which, was, which was very very interesting. Um, she, she's she's wonderful. She she doesn't get to uh, communicate much with with the community because. Um, you know she she's got limited English, but she's she's really getting there. It's very impressive uh, the English mm-hmm. that, that she could pull off. Um, yeah. But but yeah, you know it, that that's I've I've done those characters and those are interesting characters too. But I think I think if I had to choose, and, and this is very interesting because it's probably the polar opposite of what I just did. Uh, I would I would definitely try to go for Wesker. <laughs> I was um, gonna say Richard. I think you would. Make an awesome Richard or Forrest, maybe. Well, that but actually definitely I, I, going I for Wesker. That. That'd be cool. I, I was thinking because I was thinking for 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 someone like Forrest, um, yeah, and, and say uh, like uh, in Enrico too. I think because these are oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. these are characters that like we we hear that they've got like all the accolades. We hear that they they're like consummate professionals. That like yeah, they they're like the toughest of, of the tough. And and this incident was like the end of them. And, and I just would love oh, to see yeah. how they were like, to, you know, before that to be able mm-hmm. to, to get inside their heads would mm-hmm. be an amazing experience as well. Yeah. I love my stars members though. Like I'm kind of, oh, biased. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, I just, uh, yeah. I want to thank you guys all for coming on and having this conversation. It's been great. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. And, and man. Of course, for all your hard work on the project as well. I mean, um, first aid spray for me is, um, yeah, it's the best thing that I've ever done uh, with my life. So that's nice. First of all, awesome. <laughs> um, but to be able <laughs> to nice. uh, step out of what we normally do and try something else different, obviously, Big shout out to the Nerd Masons guys. They made this happen. But be able to yeah. put this on a platform um, is just such a, a brilliant, it's been a brilliant experience. Um, and I share the the opinions of everyone at Nerd Masons when we were talking about it um, privately. They, they wanted to send along uh, a thank you to all you guys for all your hard work. And we, we've lived with your voices on our ears for weeks working on these. Um, <laughs> I, I know how that feels. Oh, <laughs> I hope we certainly didn't become the voices in your head. Uh, <laughs> it happens, well, you know, going to come uh, to the job. <laughs> At least they're good voices. Yeah. Tra- yeah. Most Tracking of the back time. and forth for, for subtitles, <laughs> I, I've heard every line so many times. I can't imagine how much the guys actually putting the audio together has heard it, but they. You know, they, they want to extend their well wishes for at least making that a pleasant experience. So, <laughs> thank you yeah. so Shout out to Nerd Masons. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Thank yeah. you, Nerd Masons. And, and, you know, uh, kudos to all the incredible work, you know, you provided. You know, we wouldn't be here without you as well. For so, sure. right. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very yeah, much. It's, it's, it's been. It's been fantastic, and, and and who knows what the future holds. So hopefully we'll get to do something similar down the line. And uh, shout out, of course. Obviously, we're just focusing on, on sort of the more major cast members, but the the entire cast just wrecked mm-hmm. shop. Everyone That's was right. fantastic from top That's to bottom. That's absolutely right. 
and yeah. uh, and, and all, the, all the cast um, who who are listening back to this, uh, I want to thank them as well. Um, and same goes for them, really. Um, if we ever yeah. do anything else, um, we will reach out to you guys because uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been great assembling our own little Resident Evil cast. Uh, oh, um, this is yeah. great, man! Like There's the good, the good feels. <laughs> well, nothing no, else. Just, Go ahead, Tom. Everybody's everybody's done such an incredible job. Yeah. I've, I've I've been impressed every episode. And yeah, I, you know, and, and I, and I know most of the, most of the people in the cast mm -hmm. too. So, you know, from, from other things, I mean, uh, Mad Dog Harry, who has her, her little, uh, you know, uh, cameo as, as my sister, Chris, uh, Claire Redfield. Um, you know, cool. we, we had, we had played, uh, and, and actually, um, Hashimoto Soda, who plays Brad, we, the three of us had played Resident Evil Outbreak online together prior mm -hmm. to even doing this project. Oh, I had, I had no idea they even auditioned for it. So. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, wow, a small world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously. So lovely. So. It just brings everyone together, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. I think Director it, Smiley, you know, you know, uh, obviously there's Joe, you know, doing the title call and the guard. But, but yeah, you know, and, and Rourke from Rely on Horror as, as our Wesker. Like, come on. Wow, like it's, it's just yeah, that incredible. was awesome. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. To anybody that I didn't get to, you're you're all wonderful. You've all done an, an amazing, amazing job, and and I've and I've been honored to to get to work with all of you, even though we weren't ever really in the same room or recording at the same time. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's been a real pleasure. Your heart was there. You were there in spirit. Exactly. Exactly. And, and if, yeah, on that note, Sunny, I want to piggyback off that. Um, Yes, absolutely. A big shout out to the rest of the cast. You know what I mean? Because they all did a phenomenal. They they did their part as well. And yeah. obviously, to to first aid and animations, you guys putting this amazing project together. You know, this was incredible. I'm so glad that you guys did this. And most importantly, I want to thank the fans, like the people who actually listened to this. You know what I mean? So Definitely. all the all, all the people in the RE community, like who are our friends. You know what I mean? Um, uh, mm -hmm. distant memories, good friend of mine, uh, Resi Evil Chick. Like these are just awesome people. And I'm just naming a few here that I can think of, but you know, I want to really thank them because they're tuning in and they're they give us a lot of accolades. So without them, there'd be no us, and vice versa. So huge mm -hmm. thank you to everybody. Yeah, well said, one hundred percent. And it's it's nice we've kind of come full circle because we sort of started talking off about how well connected this community is. Um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, it's very much the case that we have seen that mm -hmm. firsthand with this project um, and hopefully Absolutely. hopefully continuing into the future. Well, nothing else remains for me but to thank all of our guests, both cast and crew. You can join our Discord server to discuss this project and any others that we do, as well as Resident Evil in general with us and other fans, and listen to the First Aid Spray podcast live as it's being recorded. The link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on our social media profiles. You can follow us on Twitter at FA Spray Pod, on Instagram at FA Spray Pod, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash FA Spray pod you can also follow nerd masons on facebook and on twitter which is simply at nerd masons and finally thank you for listening and have a good week
John being camo, are you pressing to talk? Yeah, you might have pushed to talk on. Um, try changing that. If not, again, that's under voice and video. Uh, there's voice activity and push to talk. Uh, yeah, you want push uh, voice activity rather. Okay. So, oh, um, I see a green circle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, hello. Mike, Mike told hello. me to turn on push to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I had that on. So, so Mike sabotaged us. It's, it's all Mike's fault. <laughs> Oh, Mike so, just wanted he wanted it to be all about himself. That's the, yeah. Yeah, what I'm not sure yeah. about is where you're supposed to push to talk. I don't see a, a push to talk button when that's on. That's odd. I anyway, no idea. we're here now. Hey man, how's it going? <laughs> Hello. Hi. Greetings. Oh, yeah, I was having this nice long conversation with you, and apparently you didn't hear any of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> 